Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are in the studio again together. And uh, Doug McCary is back from his hiatus. Doug. Hiatus. Yeah. Hiatus. Somebody said, I was listening to you guys as I was driving yesterday. Somebody said I was on vacation. I wasn't on vacation. I didn't say that. I, that I, was Brett. I, that, yeah. Did you hear that? Uh, was like on vacation or something? I was oh, not no, on vacation. I think he said you should go on vacation. Uh, maybe I, he said I, I said something go. about I think that the uh, the listeners enjoy Brad being on. And then I said, but that means I wouldn't get to be on. So, <laughs> Well, I had a great time uh, with my friend David Hopkins over at Highland Baptist Church in Meridian, Mississippi. And uh, they did their first man church, had a good turnout, and uh, David is so committed to discipleship there, and I was really excited about what they were trying to do, and I saw a couple of people I have not seen in years, Mm -hmm. and uh, had a good chance to share in the uh, worship service on Sunday morning about the Shema, and uh, the call on us to lead our families, uh, and honoring God, loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbors as ourselves, And that whole section in Deuteronomy 6, by the way, you know when Jesus was tempted, twice he quoted from Deuteronomy 6 mm-hmm. out of the three times. And we probably don't spend a lot of time in Deuteronomy as believers. A lot of uh, people tend to focus on the New Testament, but if Jesus quoted three times from Deuteronomy and two from chapter six, I'd say chapter six ought to be a place we ought to camp out some. Right. You know, yeah. uh, so anyway, um, uh, it was great to be there. And I got a chance to see my mom and dad and spend some time with them. And um, they, they, uh, they were at the service. And then my dad came that evening and then my brother and my nephew came. So it was good to be around my family. Took my brother and nephew out and helped shoot. A hey, little bit with them that, yeah. that there. It's kind of nice when you live in a rural area. You can do that in your backyard. Yeah, you know? that's pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was a great trip, and uh, thank you for your prayers, and I appreciate uh, you guys handling it while I was gone. And, uh, you know, I had a chance uh, just earlier today to sit down with a young guy, and I was reminded, you know, you were at the training we did last month, mm-hmm. or is this month, right? Mm-hmm. It was this, this month, month yeah. Uh, on discipleship. And one of the things that uh, we learned from Matthew four nineteen that we, we you and I have talked about before, but it was just kind of reiterated for everybody is Matthew four nineteen. Jesus, who is God, says, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." And when he says, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men," it's God speaking, and God, if He says He's going to do something, He does it. He's always been faithful to all his promises. And if we're not fishing, then we're probably not following. If he's not making us into fishers of men, 
Okay. Uh, so the, the guy that I met with called me and asked me to meet. And it was interesting because God brought our paths together years ago, years ago. And uh, we recently reconnected, and, and I said, why don't you call me? Well, I, I want to grow. I want to grow in, in my relationship with God. And so I shared with him everything we learned and took him through all that material that we went through and the 411 sheet and everything. And it, it just it felt so good to be replicating what was given to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's uh, what it means to be in the Christian life. Part of the problem for a lot of people is when they leave on a Sunday morning, they don't know what to replicate a lot of times. You know, I mean, the pastor will be preaching or he'll tell stories and they may get one point. But so often we don't take what we've learned and share it with somebody else. Yeah. Even if we did that, that would be a step in the right direction discipleship wise. So if you're listening today, my encouragement to you, whatever you get taught from God's word that impacts you, that you take away, that you go, wow, this, I need to do this. This is an imperative. It's a command. It's a promise. It's something. Take that and share it with somebody because uh, that's what it, we're supposed to do. And so I just was encouraged to be able to do that and share with that young man today because it was not my doing. It was God's doing. Those are always really good. And um, so, uh, and you never know where you are going to meet fish. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. never, you never know where the fish are going to be. Jesus knows where they are. And the other thing is you can't catch fish without tools. You got to have a rod and reel. You got to have some bait. You got to have right. something. And Christ is going to make us into fishers of men if we will let him, it's a process. And so instead of getting frustrated that you haven't done that, I encourage you to do it. So it was good. That, I talked to um, the guys on uh, Sunday night at Man Church about, um, about uh, what it means to be a disciple in the Jewish context, a community around the word who uh, have a passion to be like their teacher, like Jesus. And so a uh, uh, big shout-out to Jason Dias there in Meridian. Jason uh, uh, helps run uh, WMER, and I, I talked to several people that were there because of Jason uh, sharing the word. So uh, appreciate that. So glad they broadcast us there. I gave out a lot of SWAT radio cards, and so hopefully we'll get a call uh, from some people there. I told them to call in mm-hmm. and uh, let us hear from the folks in Mississippi sometimes. So we get calls from Virginia and Florida, Georgia. And so uh, hopefully they'll call in. Well, uh, you know, Taylor, a lot's been going on in the news, obviously, this past week. And I have to tell you, I was talking to uh, a judge earlier today, and I am just blown away uh, that uh, they did not sequester the jury up there during the the trial. Because all the things that have unfolded over the last few weeks with this trial, I don't know how anybody could have gotten a fair trial yeah. without being influenced these jurors have such immense weight on them and and the reason i'm bringing that up is we don't live in a country that rules by mob rule you don't want that i was in kenya and i saw that played out what that looked like and we all say we want that but what happened when when i was over in kenya was i saw a guy snatch a purse from a woman 
and then I saw some people catch him, and I saw 20 to 25 men go around this teenage, this probably about a 17-year-old boy, and beat him. Mm. I mean, beat him bad for stealing the purse. It was mob rule. It was like it was like nothing I've ever seen in this country then. Yeah. That because that was years ago. Now we're starting to see things like that, and it's very discouraging in a lot of ways. Because listen, as believers, we we um, we function wherever God places us. And if we're in a culture that outlaws Christianity, it doesn't mean we stop telling people about Christ. But we live in a culture where we have a form of government. We can make our voice known for good. We can try to pass good laws. Uh, I, uh, kudos to uh, Governor DeSantis for passing a law that says, hey, if you riot in the streets, you're going to be arrested. You're not going to be allowed to do that like you are in other places. It doesn't matter what happens. You can't allow anarchy to take over. And... Um, and so I appreciate the fact that he passed that law. And, you know, he has really proven to be a good leader for our, our state. Yeah. That's why so many people are coming from the north. I don't know if you've noticed, next time you're out on the road, look how many New York uh, and yeah. uh, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey license plates you see out there. Yeah, I've seen a lot. You know, I moved out to McClendon, so I'm on uh, I-10 a lot. And I've seen a lot of uh, out-of-state plates recently. And uh, And I don't know if you saw that sheriff. Yeah. Who said, uh, hey, oh, yeah. when you move down here, don't vote like you did up, up north. I thought that was pretty. <laughs> that was funny. Pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you saw on one of the news channels um, I was uh, at, where I was working out today, they had the Detroit police. I think it was the Detroit police chief who was just really upset with uh, one of the congressmen from that area, uh, Congresswoman. Uh, I think it was Talib who. Uh, basically is calling for defunding the police and he's really he's saying this is wrong Mm -hmm. you know we we are a force for good and um he he was a very articulate guy who believed that um that that's the wrong side to be on right now uh, as far as like uh the protection of our culture the people who are in his his area of of uh, being able to care for and you know they're the the police are ministers of justice, according to Romans 13. And so we need to pray for them. Uh, it is getting more and more difficult to function in that capacity. Uh, and we need to pray for our policemen, our first responders, our city leaders, our government leaders, because uh, the next few, uh, I think, weeks and months are going to be pretty critical to what happens uh, in our country. I mean, I, I, I've shared this before, so no great revelation. I, I think we've hit a tipping point right now, but if we are believers, we are part of the remnant. If you're a true believer, you're part of the remnant and we are to pray for our leaders and, and we are to pray for good. And as best as it depends on us to be at peace with all men. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things that as we move forward into the weeks following this verdict that's about to come out, we need to understand that verdict is not going to bring satisfaction to really either side that's protesting or looking for some kind of satisfaction. Only Jesus is going to bring true satisfaction to anybody. Yeah, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to Spot Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, Doug McCary is back in the studio after being in Meridian, Mississippi over the weekend and into uh, yesterday. And we've been talking a little bit about um, the need as the remnant of the body in this country to be praying for our leaders and being aware of um, kind of where we are as a society and where we possibly uh, could be headed so that we should be focused on uh, doing what we're called to do. And a lot of people are wondering what we should be doing about the trial or what's going on. First of all, uh, you, when you think about what happened, and I'm, I'm trying to, uh, let me see if I can pull this up really quick while we're talking about this trial. Um, there's you and I were talking about how some of the uh, Black Lives Matter people thought that a uh, a black person had been shot, mm-hmm. and they went to protest, and when they found out it was a white person, they left. It was a carjacker, but the, the initial report was it was a, a black carjacker, and they went there, and they were actually in the middle of the protest, and they found out it was not a, a black person it was a white person and they left Mm. and doesn't fit the narrative well it it doesn't and and this is part of the the thing that's impacting our country um you know when you think about um the things that are happening uh with chauvin and him he's basically uh according to some people being put on trial for every uh police custody death that's happened uh or arrest death that's happened in the last year or two yeah uh and there's an immense amount of pressure right now on that jury uh think about the things that might be going through their mind and think about if you were on that jury 
Uh, I mean, you you wrestle through all kinds of issues, the impact to the community, the impact to the nation. But those issues should not affect whether he's guilty or not. What should impact is, is there evidence that he committed a crime? Yeah. And, you know, I think back to, you know, the very founding of this nation with the Boston Massacre and, uh, you know, John Adams was the representative for uh, the defense of the soldiers there. And he did that to prove that the institutions worked, not necessarily how we feel about it, that, but that we are a nation that's governed by uh, due process. And now we have celebrities and, and other people saying that due process shouldn't matter if we have videotape. And we also have, you know, I- intimidation of witnesses with, uh, you know, pig's heads and things like this. And also just today, a, uh, a, the star tribune, I think it was released the article giving details about all of the jurors, you know, while they're in there doing their deliberation. And that's just, I mean, it it didn't say names of jurors, but still that is just kind of seems outside the bounds of what used to be considered acceptable. And it it should be worrying to all of us that we are slowly or rapidly rather moving away from due process and just the facts of the case and how it was presented and moving towards, well, this is what we feel about it because if you listen to the case, really, the, the prosecution did not do, in my mind, a very good job of making their case. But with everything that's going on, it's hard to see how a, any jury would uh, give the man an impartial uh, verdict. You know well, I mean? have you ever heard of Tony Tempa? Yep. Okay, most people haven't. Yeah. Tony Tempa. I, seen, I saw the video as well. Okay, so Tony Tempa. Uh, died in August 2016. He was restrained by three Dallas police officers in a parking lot. Um, and um, when they came to him, uh, he was handcuffed by security guards. And they actually placed, they pinned him to the ground. Mm-hmm. And with a knee on his back for 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. And they laughed. Uh, one, they, one officer mocked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became unresponsive with his face in the grass. The officers joked that maybe he fell asleep. And when he stopped moving, they continued to mock him saying, come on, wake up. It's time to go back to school. Another one said, I don't want to go to school. Five more minutes, mom. They were mocking him. This was in 2016, and um, it was graphically shown in a video, 13 minutes of video. You think nine minutes is long. This is more graphic, and they're mocking him while they do it. And do you know what the jury rendered in their verdict? Uh, They had a verdict? There was no verdict. There was no trial. There was no arrest. There was nothing. And... uh, and that is tragic because uh, that's not just what happened to him, too. Um, but the problem is his skin color did not fit a narrative that that wanted to be blasted across the United States. And again, uh, this this is the way the enemy works. The enemy wants to create division within the church uh, and within families and and within cultures. And as believers, 
we have been duped in a lot of ways to this because what happened to Tony Tempa, that's injustice. And and there's injustice that happens all the time. And we should address all injustice, not just one group's injustice. There's injustice, period. And we should be people that deal with it. And if somebody mistreats somebody because of their color of their skin, that should be dealt with. If somebody abuses power as a law enforcement officer, that should be dealt with. And as believers, we need to pray that God would expose truth always, that God would bring justice and and as his people who have received mercy, we also need to be people who dispense mercy too. And I think we forget that sometimes that uh, I, I wonder if you're a believer out there, uh, if you've prayed at all for Chauvin, you've prayed at all for his salvation. Um, I, I wonder if instead of Chauvin, it was the apostle Paul who killed somebody. You know, what if nobody prayed for him? You remember what Stephen said to him, father, forgive him. They don't know what they're doing. The same thing Jesus said. And I think we have, uh, we've kind of, wh- whether it's, uh, the black lives matter movement that is swept into the church, uh, under the Trojan horse of leave loud or whatever else you want to say about it. Um, the, the church is supposed to be the, the mouthpiece for, for good, the mouthpiece for Jesus, the mouthpiece for hope, for reconciliation. And, um, uh, and I think that, uh, we've, we've been silent in a lot of ways. And, and what happens now is you got people who, because they've been silent and not saying anything now, are apologizing for things that they shouldn't apologize for. I mean, you should never apologize for what God made you. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't, if, if God made you and placed you in a certain place, that's not your fault. That's where God put you. And should you be aware of injustice? Yes. Should you... Uh, make sure that if you witness injustice, that you do what's within your power to help help bring justice to that. Yes, and you should pray for God to to oversee everything and to expose uh, bad things. But I think we've um, we've just gotten swept up in this mob moment a lot of times, and we can't go there. So you got these two extremes. You got people who are mob rule kind of people and you got people who are just apologizing and like i love what john MacArthur said you need to apologize for being woke not being white or or uh, a particular skin color uh because being woke means that you've bought into this um this heresy called critical theory and uh, that's not where god wants us to be he the only thing that's going to change anybody's heart is jesus christ and his word uh, tells us who he is, what he's done, and what he's called us to. And one of the things about what we're at today, we're looking at Acts chapter 5. And uh, we, we are seeing a great injustice in Acts chapter 5 when the apostles are brought before the leaders of the Sanhedrin. And they're not only arrested for the second time simply for talking about Jesus, they're beaten this time. 
And you know what their response was? They left with joy that they were counted worthy to suffer. And so as we look at this text today, um, we're going to look at really four things that are factors that impact how uh, we share the gospel. They impact our mission. Three of them uh, we share a responsibility in. One of them is outside of our control. But three of the factors we do share in. One of them is a calling to holiness and purity. And we see that in the in the text. We're going to look at that in verse 13 and 14. But two, we also see a compelling witness of God's power, verse 15 and 16. What kind of witness do you have? Is it compelling? Do people look at your life and are they drawn to know what makes you different? Are they drawn to, to the one true living God to, to know why, what, what God does this person serve? How do, how do they function like this within what's going on in their life? Uh, we, we need a compelling witness and we, we partner with God in that, just like we partner with a calling to holiness purity. We also partner with God with this bold endurance in the face of persecution when we're persecuted, Satan attacks the church through persecution to shut us up. He doesn't want us telling people about Jesus as the one, you know, uh, and only way to the Father, uh, that Jesus died on the cross. He doesn't want that. So he brings persecution, and it looks different in every culture. And and that's how he, he attacks from the outside. And we saw last week he attacks from the inside with Ananias and Sapphira. And the third way we're going to see he attacks is next week. When we're on air, we're going to, and this week at SWAT, we're going to look at uh, dissension within the body and division. But the fourth thing we're going to look at on uh, Wednesday is God's sovereignty. And his sovereignty is outside of our control, but it's a factor in all these. So when we come back, we're going to look at Acts 5, 13 through 42 and look at these factors and just be thinking about this question. Am I on mission for God? All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor of Jeff Andrews, uh, excuse me, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts uh, this week, chapter 5, verses 13 through 42. If you missed any of the program so far and you would like to go back and listen to the past programs after this program is over, of course, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com and then click on the past programs link and you'll be uh, able to listen to our full catalog of programs. Um, you know, Taylor, we um, we are called 
to be on mission. Jesus began the mission, and his followers continue, and we are called today to do what his followers 2,000 years ago did, and that's to grow in maturity to be more like Christ. So often we think, well, it's just to share the gospel with somebody or even to make disciples, but no, we grow in maturity to be more like Christ. The more we grow like Christ, the more we're going to be driven to seek and save the lost, and we realize that discipleship and evangelism are the mechanisms for doing that. And so if we make that our mission, we can become um, just so focused on that Uh, So that's the doing, right? The doing flows out of the being. The being is being conformed to his image. So as we grow in him, and that's the purpose of church. This is the church meeting here. The church is gathered, and they're they're meeting, they're teaching, they're worshiping, they're uh, fellowshipping together. And one of the issues with the modern church is we, uh, because of influences like Robert Shuler and – Bill Hybels and others who have followed after them is we have made our church gatherings a place to woo unbelievers rather than grow believers in Christ likeness. And so when you go into a time of a gathering like that, you don't know who's a believer and who's not. And our, our services are so geared toward the unbeliever and wooing them that you could be comfortable being in there with no desire really to have a life change in your life. You just heard about, you know, the good music and you want to come see, you heard this guy's a really good speaker and he's funny and, or he's good and he's good communicator and he teaches the Bible really good and you go in there. And so it's about a consumer driven approach to church gatherings rather than the uh, impact of gathering believers to grow them like Christ and then disperse them in the city, wherever they are in the world, to go be Christ to the world. And so because of that, I think of Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4 says that, er, and he gave, talking about God, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what the church is supposed to be about, the gathering of believers. And so the apostles were the foundation, and the uh, evangelists, and shepherds and teachers, they're the ones who are growing as we meet. And we talked last week, it talked about unity here. And we talked last week about unity and purity. And I want to go back to verse 13 in Acts chapter 5. And today just look at it, 13 and 14 and, uh, and 15 and 16. And talking specifically about the first two factors. One, a calling to holiness and purity. And, and two, a compelling witness of God's power. And I'm just going to have you read 13 through 16, and we're going to look at two of the four factors today uh, in dealing with 
these factors that affect our mission. But again, I want to ask you listeners, are you on mission? Are you really on mission? Are you growing in Christ likeness? Uh, if you're not fishing for men, you're not following Jesus. He says, I will make you into fishers. So if you're not fishing for people to be in the body, his people who are out in the world who don't yet know him, you're probably not following Jesus very well. That doesn't mean you get paralyzed with uh, shame and embarrassment. It means you confess it and say, Lord, help me. But I want you to read uh, 5, 13 through 16, and we're going to look at, and just to set the stage real quick, remember, the apostles had been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter's already preached a couple of times. They've added 3,000 uh, the first time he preached, then 5,000 men the second time. And now they have been brought before the council, and uh, they were told not to speak about him anymore. And they go out, and the church is continuing to grow. They had everything in common. People were selling property. We saw the sin of Ananias and Sapphira to present something that wasn't there. They tried to present like they were more godly than they were or that they were giving more than they were to to be basically spiritually recognized and god wiped them off the face of the earth and it says great fear came upon the whole church and i'll pick it up in verse 13 and read 13 through 16 none of the rest dared join them but the people held them in high esteem and more than ever believers were added to the lord multitudes of both men and women so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So it said, going back to verse 13, none of the rest dared join them. We read that last week. But the people held them in high esteem. So why did they not join them? Because they saw this call to holiness and purity. You know, Ephesians 5 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but expose them. And that doesn't matter whether it's pornography or whether it's critical theory. You know, people people in our culture tend to rank uh, sexual immorality as a greater sin a lot of times, but pride, spiritual, um, uh, you know, spiritual heresy, uh, doctrinal heresy is just as evil, and it leads to all kinds of perverseness. Because if you go to Romans 1, what ha- why did uh, the sexual revolution there, the homosexual revolution there, and then the debased mind, why did that come about? It says because they suppress the knowledge of God. And so... Uh, Hebrews twelve fourteen says, strive for the peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see God. So posers hurt the witness of the body. When you have people that aren't really all in, pretending to be all in, that's a real problem. And Ananias and, Ananias and Sapphira paid the price, and uh, people in Corinth paid the price when they were taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. And John tells us in in 1 John, hey, you can sin unto death. So our our personal testimony is authenticated by our corporate purity. And and so if 
I gave this example at the SWAT meetings last week. Let's say that uh, I'm 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 a FedEx guy, but I, I like wearing a UPS uniform, and I'm spending all, even though I'm driving a FedEx truck. Uh, and I'm saying, you know, you know, I'm I'm uh, wanting you to use this FedEx to ship your stuff. But when I talk to you, all I talk about is UPS. What are you going to think about that? <laughs> uh, that you're confused. Yeah, that's it's a, it's not going to add up, up right? Mm-hmm. Because your your testimony is going to be different from what you say. That's why corporate. Um, Purity is so important, and it doesn't mean that that everybody's perfect. It's not talking about perfection. It's talking about when there's sin in the camp, you deal with it. When you have a brother in the church or a sister in the church, you go to them, you confront them, like Matthew 18 says, and then if they don't repent, you take another brother, and if they don't repent, then you tell it to the whole church. The leaders do. The whole church prays for this brother or sister, and then if they still don't repent, you tell them, they are not welcome in the fellowship until they repent. This is why unity is so important within the body of Christ. But there is a calling to holiness and purity that we need to factor in, that is a factor in us um, getting our mission done of sharing the gospel of Christ. We've got to take that into account. And I think that's brought out here in 13 and 14. And then in verses 15 and 16, we see this compelling witness of God's power. These people saw something so incredibly compelling that they wanted to be so close to Peter that his shadow fell on him. Nowhere in Scripture does it says does it say his shadow healed them, but they just wanted to be so close. And notice it says at the end of verse uh, seventeen or sixteen, they were all healed. There was a time back in Matthew nine where it says Jesus healed every disease so here you got the apostles being like their master remember in hebrew discipleship it's community around the word with a passion to be like their their teacher that's exactly what they're doing john macarthur said you know this church was not a miracle working church but it was a church with miracle working apostles in it and it was very specific to this time now i know we have lots of listeners that uh embody a lot of different church backgrounds and i am not saying that god doesn't do miracles that he can't do miracles but he gave these apostles very specific gifts for this time and i want to when we come back from the break i want to bring out how at different times in the history of god and his word he gave certain men certain gifts And we think because he gave those men gifts for those times that we all have the ability to do those, which we do, but he doesn't manifest them all the time. He only manifested it in them. And there were a lot of great godly servants who did no miracles. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that a little bit. So again, remember, two of the factors today that we're discussing is this calling to holiness and purity. Where are you at in that? Is that important to you? It should be. And then a compelling witness of God's power. When we come back, we're going to look at that one. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. That is Zach Williams with Chain Breaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 5, verses 13 through 42 this week. And today we're looking at verses 13 through 16. So if you have any questions or you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. I want to call your attention, Taylor, to verse 14. It says, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So think about this for a second. They've already had 3,000. Then they have 5,000 men. A lot of people believe there were probably ten to 13,000 people. So you've already had 20,000 added, and it says, and more than ever. I mean, so think about, you you could be having as many as 30,000 people here coming to the Lord, and they were bringing all the sick, and they wanted to be near Peter and, and near the apostles. Why? Because they had a compelling witness of God's power, and when I was talking before the break about how God uniquely gifts some people at different times, if you think back to the book of Genesis, there were a lot of miracles in Genesis, but not worked through a man. God just did it. He spoke. The world came into existence. You see things happen there that were amazing. He gave Joseph a dream, but Joseph didn't have the gift of miracles. He was just a very organized guy. He was able to be discerning because God's wisdom was there. But in the book of Exodus, you've got Moses and Moses had an ability to do miracles, right? Um, he, he was able to say things and things happen. God spoke to him and, and used him to do miracles. But it's interesting to me after Moses, you have this guy named Joshua and it says that when God gave Moses the miracles, it was to validate that he was from God. The same thing is said about Joshua over in the book of Joshua. Do you know Joshua did miracles? He did. Joshua did miracles. So you have Moses doing miracles and Moses' disciple doing miracles, right? 
And why did God want to validate them and not Joseph? Or why did God want to validate them and not Jacob, who's the father of Israel? Why did God want to validate Moses and Joshua and and not Aaron, the priest? Well, because they led the people during the time of the law. The law was given through Moses, and the guy who received the law was validated, and what? His disciple was validated. Now, let's fast forward to the prophets. The prophets spoke God's word to God's people. Now, if you look, there were there were lots of prophets. There was Samuel. There was Isaiah. There was Jeremiah. There was Daniel, Hosea, a lot of prophets, major and minor. I mean, he did miracles. Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. Elijah, who represented all the prophets, and Elisha. Now, here's the significance about Elijah. He he represented the prophets that would prophesy about who? Messiah. So you had the law, and then you had the prophets that validated the Messiah who would come fulfill the law, the law of God. And so, and he did this, he did miracles, and who else did? His disciple. All right, now fast forward to Jesus. You go to Jesus, Jesus did miracles, said everyone was healed in that area where he was. Jesus healed the sick. He raised the dead. He did amazing miracles. But what about John the Baptist? Nope. Jesus said there's no greater man on the earth than John the Baptist, No, born before him, right? But what about Elijah? What about all these people? So the greatness was not based upon miracles. It was based on him pointing to, he prepared the way for Messiah to actually walk in front of people. He pointed to him. And so Jesus did miracles, and who else did them? his apostles, his 12 apostles. And so they had unique abilities to do miracles to validate the message the same way that Elijah and Elisha had, the same way that Moses and Joshua had. So if you go back to the Mount of Transfiguration, who was up on that mountain? It was Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets, and Jesus representing the good news, the gospel. And so when we look at this compelling witness of God's power, we need to be careful because you got people all over the world that claim to be God's apostles today and have this power to heal people, and it's just either two things. Either it's fake or it's demonic, Because God does not bestow his power on people with bad theology to validate people that aren't speaking his word. The the miracles were to validate God's word. And so if people have bad theology, you think God's going to bestow his power on them so he can validate bad theology? He's not going to do that. And so I don't know what you think as you're listening out there, but There's a lot of people, yeah, but I saw this and I saw this. You can't view Scripture through your experience. You have to view your experience through Scripture and truth and see how God has unfolded his plan. And again, 
I'm not saying God can't heal people. I'm not saying God can't do miraculous things. He has in my life. But what I'm saying is that miracles were never just about the people. They were about validating God's messengers. And if you go back through Scripture, you see that. And one of the things I would like to share is because people go, well, how can I have a compelling witness if I can't, I can't do miracles like they did? Well, we have the word of God. That's the greatest miracle that we have today is his word that's withstood the test of time. But also in my life, I shared some illustrations that God has done some amazing things in my life. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we have eight children. We have five adopted from China. And um, each child uh, financially was a burden bigger than we can bear. But in every case, God brought in the money we needed. And our second adopted daughter, Ellie, one day we, we had, when you adopt a special needs child, and Ellie was on the special needs list, you, you could only take them off that list for two weeks. You had two weeks to come up with an initial $5,000 a thing to help the adoption go through because it costs somewhere around $25,000 to adopt from China. And again, there were a hundred thousand girls being orphaned every month over there. And so we were uh, in the process and it was a couple of days before that money was due and we had no way to pay it. We had no money. And my wife and I are in a restaurant and a complete stranger walks in with a lady we know, and they see a picture Uh, of Ellie on our table, and they think it's our oldest daughter, Kate, who's a little baby at the time. And the lady said, is that Kate? We said, no. And we told her what was going on. Then we didn't think anything about it. That night, the lady who was with the lady we knew called us and said, how much do you need? We said 5,000. And they said, yeah, but is that all? And I said, no, it's going to be more. And Lori talked to her and told her how much it was going to be. A complete stranger gave us $25,000 to adopt Ellie. Now, who does that? They weren't ultra wealthy. They just were people who had sold a house out in California, moved to Texas, and God used them in an amazing way. That is one compelling story of hundreds that I could spend the next three hours telling. Now, here's the thing. To have a compelling story like that, requires something it requires a step of faith if you don't ever step out in faith you're never going to have compelling stories you you know we try to control every aspect of our life and what god wants for us is to step out in faith he wants us to trust him and listen we're in battles every day we're in battle with satan who's trying to keep us persecute us he's trying to persecute us from within and every day we get victories is a compelling story. But we have to walk in faith, and we have to walk with hope, and uh, that's what he's called us to. So when you think about this calling to holiness and purity and a compelling witness of God's power, God is very much a part of that, but in both instances there, it requires acts of faith on our part. We take steps of faith. One, we have a desire to be holy and set apart, and pure, even though we're not perfect and we do blow it, we come back to him and ask him to help us. And two, we have this uh, this desire to walk in faith. And so we don't just control every element of our world, because if we do, we never give God room to act so that we have a compelling witness to other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so 
those are the two factors that we see in 13 through 16 today. And I hope that that's encouraging for you if you're listening out there. So, Yeah, and if uh, you got any comments, again, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. We don't have a ton of time. Um, but, you know, I had never heard that about... Um, Ellie. Well, that either. <laughs> but I was going to say about... Uh, the miracles in the Bible that you see. And then, you know, as I'm thinking about it, like I, I don't remember, I, you know, I can think of people having visions before, you know, the law, but uh, that is an interesting point that I'm you know, interested in looking into further as far as, you know, how God used those people and their miracles. It was in, them and the their purpose. disciples. So every one of them, isn't that yeah. interesting uh-huh. that he, he didn't, I mean, listen, if you look at, at, at prophets, you know, you would think that Isaiah or, or you know, or Samuel was a might have been a greater prophet than Elijah or Elisha, but they were given specific, unique gifts to do healings, to validate. Why? Go and look. Elijah, it's interesting, Elijah's ministry. I mean, a lot of people, he called all those kings to believe in the one true living God. Look at the 400 prophets of Baal. I mean, like, yeah. he, you know, he had some really interesting uh, ministry opportunities. And so, but who was on the Mount of Transfiguration? That's why this is key. It was Elijah and Moses and Jesus. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> that music's playing. That means we're out of time. but. Yeah. Uh, we will have to talk about this some more tomorrow and get into further text. Yeah. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 